Today on CityCast Boise, it's Friday, and I've got our lead producer, Frankie Barnhill, and Boise State Public Radio's James Dawson with me to sort through the week's news. We're talking home price jumps, Idaho Republican infighting drama, and local elections are happening next week. It's Friday, May 12th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise is talking about. Hi, Frankie. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Emma. Hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Well, why don't we start with this recent news, which bad news for me, good news for other people, but uh, about home prices going up again in Ada County. They jumped 7% from March to April. Uh, Frankie, as a renter, I have to ask you, uh, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, which means 7% means that we're back, our our median home price is back over half a million dollars, which uh, whenever it it jumps above half a million dollars, just feels like, that's like a a line we don't like to cross. Um, Yeah, at least for for folks like us who are renters, uh, you and me, Emma, and trying to maybe potentially buy a house someday. Um, you know, it is the season of buying and prices usually go up in the spring a little bit. So keep that in mind. It's not unusual to see prices jump up a, a little bit, but it is the biggest jump we've seen in a couple of years. So it kind of feels like, oh, God, what's happening? Are we going back to the bad old days? Um, you know, after almost a year generally of, of uh, home prices falling a bit. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, are people buying? Like prices are climbing, but are people buying? Because I'm thinking like there are a few houses in my neighborhood that have been on the market with prices dropping over and over since like the fall. Yeah, uh, the home market is just crazy. It's so weird right now. There's so many different factors. So yeah, the fact that you're seeing some homes available that haven't been purchased yet and that have been on the market for a little while isn't totally surprising. There's these other factors, even though we have really low inventory. So on the surface, you'd think that those houses would get swooped up right away um, and still pretty high demand. Uh, we've also seen mortgage rates climb, right? And inflation. Um, so, you know, people are going to be spending more to get into a home because of those mortgage rates going up. And they also don't have as much uh, because they're spending more on groceries and gas and everything else um, because of inflation. So those two factors are making it more complicated. Last I looked for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, the average rate is um, in the 6% range, a little bit higher than uh, not up to seven yet. Um, That range is where we have been lately. And remember, it's compared to like 2.65, which was the historic low in January 2021. So that makes a big difference. That's thousands and thousands of extra dollars that people would have to pay if they were to get into a home now as compared to a few years ago. So disgusting. (laughs) Uh, The the only bright spot that I saw from uh, Boise Dev's article about this this week was that uh, year over year compared to uh, prices as they were back in what last April, uh, it's 13 percent lower in Ada County for the median price. So, yes, we're we're not back in like those crazy days of like what, 2018, 2019, where it's just like, yeah, let's go for double digit increases year over year. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's still not great because I'm sure that those interest rates, like you said, are are certainly playing a role. And I'm glad I locked in uh, mine at the two point 
seven percent <laughs> that I got. Uh, yeah. So lucky. must be nice, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah must it was be yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, that was that was after uh, thinking that I had totally uh, missed out on the great interest rates with uh, refinancing in early COVID. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and that, like you mentioned, Jimmy, there was that that moment, especially there was the height and like there was like 2019. And then the the craziness of just like everybody's buying. People are moving from bigger cities that they can afford more and they're doing cash offers and all of that. We're not there. Thank God. It's still not what uh, Boise regional realtors would term a balanced market where, uh, you know, buyers and sellers, there's no real winner. Um, you know, it's still a buyer or still a seller's market rather. So buyers are still kind of on the losing end of it, but it's better than it was before. So we're moving more toward a balanced market, but we're not there yet. So you're saying there's there's maybe some hope for first time home buyers. Don't despair if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's certainly better than it was. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns though. Uh, still with just how weird and wonky. I mean the Federal Reserve is just kind of constantly trying to figure out what the hell is going on with the broader economy and Idaho being a state that people are not uh, stopping moving to anytime soon. People are still wanting to move here. It's still growing so much, and we're still missing that. That, like um, what's called like the missing middle of inventory. So homes that are less than $500,000, like that are starter homes that are uh, ones for, you know, millennials and Gen Z that might want to get into buying their first home. There just aren't that many homes like that. Like if you have a budget that's over half a mil, you've got a lot of options. But if you're under that and you don't want to buy like a shack, um, there's just not that many options. There are some Idaho programs to be aware of, though, like there's this very wonky, complicated first time homebuyers savings account that has tax deduction advantages. And uh, we'll link to it in the show notes for people. So there's some like things that the state's trying to do to, to help out. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Interesting. But uh, let's move on to Jimmy. Um, you just had this great story about how Idaho Republicans are censuring their own legislators for votes made against far right bills. Tell us more about this, I guess, right on right violence here, the <laughs> cannibalism we're seeing in the Republican Party here. Yeah, that's that's kind of a good way to put it, uh, especially because one of the legislators that I spoke to, Representative Julie uh, Yamamoto, actually got her seat by running to the right of the person that she dethroned, who's now the current Caldwell mayor, Jerem Wagner. Um, you know, she was supported by uh, the Idaho Freedom Foundation, which, uh, if your listeners know, is a you know pretty much the most, uh, I want to say, prominent uh, lobbying organization for far-right interests in the state right now. But she has gotten censured by the Canyon County Republican Central Committee for her votes on you know, the so-called uh, library porn bill, which would have allowed parents to sue libraries if they had lent kids, uh, quote unquote, inappropriate, uh, obscene, harmful materials. She also voted against uh, a public drag show ban. Uh, she's head of the House Education Committee, and there was a lot of um, controversy there about, uh, you know, what would come of education savings accounts or, or school vouchers, uh, things like that. And so, uh, you know, she was censured. Uh, she was very surprised, didn't get a chance to even say, hey, this is why I voted this way on these bills. Um, and the letters that, uh, you know, she talked about with me basically said, you know, you're not voting the Republican Party platform. Um, and she said, 
you know, look, uh, there are some discrepancies within the uh, platform. You have uh, this one clause that says, uh, you know, we're not going to try to, quote unquote, confuse our children about biological gender. Uh, but then another one says, you know, parents have the absolute, you know, right to choose the medical choices for for their kids. Or, for example, uh, the local government is, you know, held in much higher esteem and is the best form of government uh, compared to something that's more statewide and, and centralized, um, which is kind of how she arrived at her votes for the library bill and the drag show bill. So lots of drama uh, and a whole lot of... <laughs> Uh, confusion, I would say, among the people who were censured. Yeah, it's so strange to me as, you know, somebody who's been voting here for a very long time to <laughs> to see these people who, you know, whose votes I have disagreed with uh, over the years uh, greatly to see them by that now be like not right enough is super wild. That's so strange to see. Like, you know, I didn't vote for Julie uh, Yamamoto, obviously. I don't live in her district, but I disagree with her ideologically. And then for now, for her to not be far right enough, it just seems like there's a lot of fear for, you know, that's what we saw during some of the trans debate uh, for HB 71 was people saying, I disagree with this bill, but I have to vote for it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, which she voted for that bill, by the way, um, you know, which was a big priority for the far right. Um, so it's just interesting that they choose like two or three issues that might have deviated from their goals. Right. Uh, and and just saying, OK, well, you weren't 100 percent with us, so you need to <laughs> you need to get out. I mean, we're talking about this pack that I reported on last year uh, that's pretty much exclusively funded by uh, out of state people closely aligned with and connected with uh, the Idaho Freedom Foundation. It's called Citizens Alliance uh, for Idaho or of Idaho. Uh, and they took out a billboard with Julie Yamamoto's face on it uh, in Caldwell saying, yeah. you know, that she is not protecting our children and we want you to run against her. They don't even have a candidate. They literally just have a billboard that's like, hey, could somebody run <laughs> against yeah. Julie? Like, that's a wild billboard. Yeah. And, and those billboards are popping up all over the state, not necessarily with faces of sitting lawmakers, but uh, certainly districts that they're targeting and they have lawmakers that they really don't like. Uh, and the PAC is uh, holding this sort of one day training for people to uh, run these primary campaigns here coming up in May. Uh, so a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but I mean, this this has roots going back years. So you you mentioned these uh, precinct level officials a few times in your story. Can you break that down a little further? Like, what do those people even do? Yeah. So these are elected officials. You know, if you go all the way down on your ballot, usually in the primary, um, but sometimes in the general, you'll see them where you are kind of running for like, you know, neighborhood committeeman. Like that, that's kind of what a precinct is, is like, you know, several blocks of, of your neighborhood or something. And these are the the most foundational building blocks of a party. Uh, so they're elected and then they sort of um, are supposed to get the vibe and the feel of their precinct and sort of contribute to the shaping of these party platforms and ultimate goals. Um, I mean, precinct committee people can also run for, you know, county chair and, and all of these other positions that then bring things like these censures. You know, it's it's a, a really fundamentally important part, not to mention that they call people to get out the vote. They, you know, go raise money. They do all of these things that, uh, you know, are sort of 
maybe taken for granted by some, I think. So it sounds like the practical implications of this could mean no money or support coming from the the county level party structure. Is that a big deal for for like for Julian Amato, for example? Is that a big deal? In in a legislative races, I would say yes, because we're talking about races that might cost like ten or twenty thousand dollars, maybe even less, depending on you know how significant a challenger might be. So these $500 checks that I routinely see on campaign finance reports from the Central Committee, I mean, they go a long way, not to mention that the uh, county parties usually always have these booths at the county fairs and they're handing out, you know, your literature, they're handing out buttons, they're promoting you, they've got your signs. Uh, so really getting your name recognition out there is is a big help in these races where, you know, unfortunately, it's it's you know, sad to say, but a lot of us don't even know, like, who our local officials are. And so these races, especially in the primary, are decided by hundreds of votes, maybe dozens of votes. So if you can get, you know, another 50, 100 people out there, I mean, that can swing a whole lot of stuff. Not to mention, like I said earlier, this has been years in the making with uh, current party chairman Dorothy Moon. I was at a press conference with her on the very first day of the legislature this year. And she said that they are keeping a, quote, watchful eye on all Republican members and making sure they vote how they want them to. And uh, that, quote, hell hath no fury like the chairwoman scorned if they don't, <laughs> oh <boy. laughs> uh, which which was just a, a really, uh, I, I don't know, it, it kind of took me aback. I was like, whoa, I haven't heard this sort of thing in a, in a very long time. Um, but it reminded me of uh, a particular resolution that did not pass back in 2018, which uh, would have explicitly withheld endorsements and cash from candidates who were not, quote unquote, upholding like the the Republican Party values. I wish it was more fun, honestly, because uh, I feel like there should be some catharsis in watching somebody who, you know, uh, has voted very right for many years and then is getting attacked from farther right people. But it's not fun and it's actually horrible. So, yeah, it's just no schadenfreude on your end. No, not at all. Just a big just like, dang. A little, maybe a little, actually, maybe a little. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy, I'm just curious. Could you give us any context for um, obviously, you know, it's it's basically a one party state here in Idaho, which is why this huge party, the Republican Party, is infighting and basically kind of becoming two parties within itself in many ways. Um, Are we seeing this in other states? Do you have a sense for, you know, how Idaho compares to even other other more conservative states? Is the same kind of infighting happening in other places? I think infighting happens to varying degrees within any party. Um, When I was reporting in Delaware for five years, uh, that was a very opposite situation where Democrats controlled um, every single uh, statewide office by the time I was uh, leaving there and then uh, super majorities in the House and Senate. Um, And there were, you know, kind of the old guard Democrats who uh, voted against um, for example, when I got there in 2013, a uh, bill that would or that did add um, gender identity to the state's non-discrimination clause. Uh, some Democrats voted against that. Some Democrats were very uh, anti-gun control, things like that. Uh, and it occasionally spilled out on the floor. But I don't remember anything sort of this rancorous. <laughs> 
Speaking of elections, let's uh, we've got one coming up next Tuesday, May 16th. And in Meridian, we've got four candidates, including two incumbents who are vying for four library trustee seats. And I think everybody has been keeping a pretty close eye on this race. Uh, Frankie, what can you tell us about the candidates? I know uh, Javier Torres said he signed the petition to dissolve the library. Yeah. Um, and I would just say just to back up how interesting it is that we are all focusing so much on something as hyper-local as a library (laughs) district election, which is really exciting for anybody who cares about democracy and just civics and like people caring about their communities and making change, uh, whether or not you agree with the change and the the challengers and incumbents in this particular race. So you asked about uh, Torres. Yeah, he he did sign that petition to dissolve the library, which came from... uh, that group, the concerned citizens of Meridian, it was, uh, it did not advance. Um, so that is in the past. And now we have an opportunity for people who who are concerned about what's going on at the Meridian Library District. Hey, you know, elect somebody different if you're worried about it, right? So here's the opportunity. And what he said, though, this Idaho statesman did a great piece about this, and we'll link to it, um, that Torres, you know, he's challenging incumbent Destiny Hart for a six-year term, and he told the statesman that although he did sign the petition, he didn't do it with the intention of dissolving the district, but that he wanted to dissolve it in order to get rid of the current board members, which, you know, that's a lot of nuances and a lot of but and 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 (laughs) statements within one sentence. Um, And I think there's probably some questions uh, about, you know, someone who was interested, even if that wasn't the main intention, was okay with signing something that said, let's dissolve this thing, uh, who now wants to be on the board, you know? It, it's a little bit contradictory, right? Um, and I think there's some there's some questions uh, around his, uh, his candidacy because of that, but it does represent exactly what, uh, what came out of that, that whole process and that petition, which was okay, elections are how you could potentially make change if you're worried about the kind of books that are on the shelves, which we should note, you know, a lot of the books that um, that that group, Concerned Citizens of Meridian, um, are concerned about are LGBTQ-themed, uh, feature characters of color, and uh, a lot of them are by BIPOC authors. And, uh, you know, they're alleging that they're inappropriate. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the overview of that particular candidate in this race. What about Hart and the other candidates for the Meridian Library District? Yeah, so so uh, Destiny Hart is the incumbent. Um, she was actually appointed last August, so this is the first time that she's uh, up for actual election, that people will get a chance to actually elect her. Um, Boise Dev, she told Boise Dev that she, she wants to hear concerns from all these groups, but that she doesn't agree with dissolving the system. She thinks that, you know, more could be done, basically, to let the public know, hey, if you have a problem with a book, tell us. And also we have a process for that. And maybe we just need to do better with educating the public about how to uh, how to engage in that process if they have a concern. Um, so, and then there's another candidate who, uh, Josh Cummings, he was also appointed. So another incumbent was appointed last August as well. And he's um, he's running now. He's he's come out very strongly saying, I'm anti-censorship. You know, I'm not for these kind of book bans um, while characterizing himself as a conservative Republican. And we're talking about Meridian, a, a, a very conservative um, suburb of Boise. Um, so kind of that nuance there where he's like, you know, I don't agree with that group at all. But like, don't get it wrong. I'm not liberal. <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm definitely a Republican. Right. Um, and then the person who's running against Cummings is his name's 
uh, David Tiziker, I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name, maybe, um, is challenging him. And although he says he, you know, he's anti the d- dissolution of the petition, he didn't sign it, but he's he's pretty critical of the board, uh, especially there was that one really rancorous public meeting and they had to shut down um, public comment in it because it was getting really rowdy and kind of dangerous feeling and the police were there because of it. Um, and he is critical of that, basically like, you know, doesn't want to see those kind of uh, those meetings become that basically and wants uh, people to feel like they can uh, speak up if they have concerns. Any other library elections you're watching? I know there's Ada counties has a lot of people running (laughs) for for the library board stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of people running kind of hard to suss out exactly their positioning on the question of book bans. um, But we'll link to an article that has a little bit more information about that. Um, And of course, the Ada County Libraries, you know, that serves unincorporated Ada County, but anybody who's who's in Ada County, of course, can go to those libraries and uses them. And then in CUNA, there's at least one candidate uh, who told the statesman that she's open to removing books from shelves, too. So the book bans are on the ballot for sure this this next Tuesday. And what else? What else is on the ballot that people should be aware of? I know West Ada has this big uh, is it a levy? Am I right? Yeah, it's a yeah, levy. levy. Record setting levy. Yes, yeah. yes. Five hundred million dollars um, is what they're they're asking voters to pass. Um, and there's just all kinds of reasons. Again, uh, Boise's growing. Meridian is growing even faster and uh, is really, really, really just bursting at the seams, Um, you know, has become a very family friendly uh, suburb for people to live in. And hey, those schools, they need they need more um, more capacity. They uh, need updates, uh, at least according to the school district, which is why they're asking for this huge amount. Um, Everything from like, you know, the boilers need updating in 10 schools and roofing and flooring. Um, And then there's also, uh, you know, a new elementary school that they want to build, a brand new one. Two of them. Yes, two new ones. Yes. And then they want to expand Meridian Elementary and Centennial. Our Hey Boise newsletter has a, a guide with a little bit more information about that. But yeah, I mean, this is a big one. This is huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, school districts across the state. West Ada makes up the vast majority of uh, the bond issues and, and levy issues that we're seeing. $734 million across the state. Wow. Yeah, great context for that. Like statewide, just, uh, you know, districts coming to voters directly asking for money, more money because, uh, you know, they're not always feeling like they get what they need from the legislature. Um, should mention that. Not a supermajority is required for this one, just 55% of the vote for the West Ada levy. So a lower barrier of entry for this particular uh, measure. So we'll see. It, it, it could pass, but man, 500 mil, that's a lot. Well, it sounds like a pretty important election. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like you said, local stuff, but stuff that's probably going to really matter down the road. So get out there and vote if you can. And Jimmy, Frankie, thank you so much for coming on and helping me break down the week's news. Always happy to do it, Emma. Thanks, Emma. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Frankie Barnhill, Evelyn Avitia, and me, Emma Arnold. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter, and our music is by a local band, Up Is The Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. Bye. Bye.
and Jimmy have fun in Ireland. Get out of here. <laughs> bon voyage. I'm on it. <laughs>